0: Let's pray before we get into the word. Father, uh, would, you, would you open up our hearts this morning, Lord? Uh, we want your word uh, to penetrate our hearts and go deep and take root this morning. That we would look, that we would love, and that we, we, would, that we would be more like you this morning. We're open, Lord God, to change uh, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to get right into it. Uh, Romans 8, 1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, you belong to him. If you've given your life to him, you belong to him this morning. And it says that the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I, I believe it's important for somebody to hear that this morning who's under the weight of something who's under the power of something this morning um, maybe maybe it's a relate a relationship uh, maybe maybe you're under the power of someone and, and this relationship is destructive and unhealthy and maybe you just can't find your way out from under it I'm telling you that the power of God uh, you have the power inside of you uh, and, and the power of God can set you free this morning I really believe that or or maybe it's a substance that you're struggling with maybe at one point uh, you could control it and 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 it was it was all good and but now it it seems to be controlling you and now it dictates your life and your actions and uh, and you just can't get out of uh, out from under the weight of it this morning Uh, i want to speak the word to you and i don't believe that the word is restrained by distance or by technology i want to speak the word to you this morning that the power of god can set you free i hope you can receive that this morning and we're gonna we're gonna unpack this a little bit but everything the bible says that would bind us and chain us jesus has given us the power to be free uh in romans six uh i want all of us to be free but in romans six um the the bible describes that this that, um, the um the power that raised christ from the dead is, is inside of you and, and and it's coursing through your veins uh and most of the time the problem is though that it lies dormant there that we don't access it um this is kind of is kind of weird but i i don't want you I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this because i don't want you to go oh come on chad please But it's like a little bit of this COVID weight I've put on. You can't see it. But for the first time in my life, 35 years old, my stomach is hanging over my belt. (laughs) For the first time, and I know you go, please. You know, comparatively, it's not bad, but it's new for me. And you know what I had access to this last entire two months? Walking trails, sit-ups, push-ups. Could have been doing any of this uh, the whole time. I even have an app on my phone. That is, that is specific for at home workouts. Did I access it? Uh, we have to access uh, this. We, you know, it, it's just, just the way it is. I have to walk on those walking trails. I need to actually do what that app on my phone tells me. Hello, somebody. And so uh, it, it, it's the same way with the power of God. Have you ever asked God to empower you? Have you ever said, God? I don't understand my wife right now i i gotta go back in this room and deal with this situation and talk through this conversation this heated conversation that we're having lord i'm going to need some supernatural wisdom before i go back in that room have you ever asked god to empower you and i my wife is perfect i'm just asking for a friend just asking for a friend uh but literally the power uh there is power there to serve well and to love well and, and, and God will give you that power in your relationship with your spouse. We just have to ask Him to empower us. And I'll say it again the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of you this morning. Here's what I would say about power because I think we don't quite misunderstand, I think we misunderstand just a little bit uh, of this kind of power that I'm going to talk about because the disciples did also. So, um, I think they continually misunderstood the purpose of the power of God and how it was supposed to be used. Um, all you have to do is look at the life of Jesus and him coming as a baby. Him coming, um, not as a full-grown human being, but coming as one of the vulnerable, um, most vulnerable among us. And if you look at his entire life and the way he appropriated power, uh, I think he just did it different than the way we would. And so I think we misunderstand what he means because in Acts 2.12, when the Holy Spirit, last week was Pentecost, uh, you know, Pentecost week, um, and, and that's 50 days after uh, Easter, right after Jesus was raised from the dead, and the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room on, uh, on, on Jesus' followers. And uh, in Acts 2.12, it says that all there were amazed and perplexed after watching the power of god fall on all the believers saying to one another what does this mean what does it mean for the church and its individual members to have power what does it mean uh, for you as a member of the body of christ to have power about two weeks ago our four square denomination put together a webinar uh, where uh, a gentleman by the name of dr willie jennings was the uh, was the speaker and he put it in words, uh, he put it in these words. He says, we have power, but it's not power over people, it's power for people. Not power over people, but it's power for people. But most of the time, I think when we think about power and people who have power and how they exert that power um, and how they wield that power, it is more often a power to dominate and take precedence over other people very seldom do we see that person with power uh, use it uh, to, to, to lift other people up or to uh, put other people first. And that is what you and I are called uh, to do with the power of God in our lives. And so there's this power and this power is for me first, right? In my, in my sanctification, in my salvation. God is, uh, this power is, is, is helping me to be separated. God is helping me to be separated from the effects of sin in my life, my uncleanness, and, and the brokenness in my life, helping me to, um, helping to transform uh, my thought life by the renewing of my mind, helping me to break old habits and all these kinds of things. That's for me. But also I need to understand that I have been empowered by God so that my power, that my portion and my grace might be used in the service of other people. Lifting them up and causing the light to shine on them. Isn't that what Acts 1, six says? Um, you know, it says about his disciples and how they misunderstood uh, their power. And I, I, anyway, think about this. It says, then they gathered around and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the dates uh, the, that the father has set by his own authority. You know what they were asking him? They were like, you're talking a lot about power. And, and, and the only power they had reference to at this point was, was the Roman Empire and how the Roman Empire exerted power by crucifying thousands of people and taking territory and so if you were a Jewish person and you had lived under the oppressive rule of the Roman Empire, you wanted your own sense of power. Uh, when, you're, when you're on the losing side and you feel like your power is slipping away uh, you'll do all sorts of things to try to regain or try to uh, get back uh, that, that sense of power. Uh, r- real life for a second, if you've ever been through a divorce or you've ever watched somebody or a couple as their, as their um, relationship was breaking up or coming to an end, uh, often you will see one of them feel like they're losing a sense of control and power and that sort of thing. So much to the point, and it's almost become commonplace, that we are tempted to go get lawyers to persuade judges to give us a sense of power again that we might hold it up over that other person like we, like we feel that power is being exerted over us. Um, and, and it's just a bad situation and we can apply that uh, to any painful season or struggle in our lives, uh, in our hurt, in our feeling oppressed, uh, in our feeling under the weight of something. Uh, we are tempted to do all kinds of things in an attempt to regain that sense of control for ourselves. Uh, many of us uh, as Christians, have misappropriated scripture, even, uh, to say what we want them to say uh, that promote our self-interest. You know, the man is the head of the wife. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath, right? We take all these things and and to promote our own own self-ambition and our own pride and our own ego and our own self-interest, And our own agenda, instead of understanding that Jesus himself made himself of no reputation, right? Philippians 2 made himself of no reputation. It took the form of a servant condescending all the way down to being one of us. The creator has now become the created. He lays aside his privilege and his deity. He lays all his rights aside. Can you imagine what that would look like? laying all his rights aside, what would it look like if those of us in the body of Christ started preferring one another above ourselves? What would it look like if you started laying down your rights to whatever it is so that somebody else could go first, so that somebody else could be lifted up? What would it look like? But unfortunately, all you have to do is go down to Home Depot or Walmart and see that nobody out there is giving their parking space is giving that parking space to somebody else right it's all you have to do nobody's letting somebody cut in front of them in line and just be blessed um, because you've been waiting I've been there but you and I as believers we have been empowered to be a contrast community this morning we are supposed to look different something the world has never seen before that we appropriate power differently the Jewish nation was even right in the, in the way they were feeling oppressed. They had the effects of the Roman Empire. They were broken. Uh, they, had, they had been overtaxed and oppressed, and they were under the control of a government, uh, uh, just an extraordinary amount of control by a government, and they didn't have a national sense of pride and all sorts of things. I get it. We have all different stories, and we have all different narratives, and, 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 you know, even in the world today, we all come from different upbringings, uh, different stories and perspectives. And, and, and there's a story behind why you believe what you believe and, and all those sorts of things. Uh, that's why we have so many different people on, so, on the different sides of so many different issues. And the issue isn't that we're different. The issue is, uh, comes when I'm closed off to your story. That's when the issue comes. When I'm closed off to what you have to say, to hear your story. How many people last Sunday night during the protest did you see cross the street to ask somebody else their story? Uh, To meet somebody new? How many people laid down their own agenda and crossed the street to hear somebody else's perspective for the sake of another person? When nobody else will cross the street you and I have been empowered to cross barriers, to break down walls, and to stand in the gap so those, so those other people might have a voice, so that, that we stand in the gap so that others who might not have a voice might be lifted up and heard and valued. Uh, so God first does the work in you, but then he wants to work through you. That we should always be those who use their power to lift up other people and never hold them down. Who's around you right now who doesn't have a voice? Who's around you right now who's disadvantaged? Who's around you right now suffering from systemic racism and every other um, oppressive ideology um, that that has locked people out and and kept people from moving forward. Who's around you right now? Uh, You can use your power, your privilege, your voice, your position, whatever it is that you have, you can use it, and therein lies how the kingdom begins to expand. And, And people start seeing all of us together, black, white, yellow, brown, old, young, rich, poor male female they see us all gathered around lifting one another up preferring the other above ourselves and uh, and and treating other people's interests more important than our own personal interests and the world looks and they go what kind of people are these what kind of people are these and we get to say hello we're the resurrected body of Christ we're the resurrected people of God and and and, and we, we were dead and we've been made alive we were we were we were lost in our own sin and God brought us back and made us alive and 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 not by our own works and not by uh, merit any merit within ourselves but by the goodness of God and his grace and his love and his favor has reconciled us and we've been sent into the world as people empowered to bring a message of reconciliation we are the new humanity We are God's new family. Paul wrote about his own God-given authority constantly in in some of his letters. And he didn't write about his authority that God had given him to lord it over those who received his letters. He, he, He mentioned it to lift them up. Wherever you are empowered, wherever you have strength, wherever you have ability... Wherever you have might, it's not so that you can wholly focus on self-interest. You have been empowered the way that you have been empowered so that you can share that power and use it to the benefit of other people. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 2, 14. He says, for he, who's he talking about? Jesus. So Jesus in himself, or Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his own flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And then in one body to reconcile both, uh, both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. You could just stay there. We could just stay there all morning. Uh, in that day, there were only two kinds of peoples. people, Jew and Gentiles, right? You were either the people of God or you weren't. And the Jewish nation, the nation of Israel, had a hard time appropriating and stewarding their power, their, their grace. Uh, because they saw themselves as God's chosen people and that can make you kind of, make you kind of uh, prideful. And they became ex- exclusive and very prideful. Uh, And and you even see that with uh, the Samaritans and and how they didn't get along uh, because there was a real prideful nation. And they handled themselves in a certain way and they looked down at other other nations uh, and and other cultures when they didn't realize that God had chosen them uh, so that the blessing of God might flow to them and through them to every other nation in the world. Genesis 12. Uh, and you and I have, uh, and you and I have to be careful that we don't become exclusive, uh, saying, "You're saying, you know, well, we're the chosen people of God, that we're better than those who are struggling with addiction or sexual orientation or whatever it is." Um, at one moment, God, by His grace, allowed you into His family and into His kingdom. Uh, the scriptures say that you've been given the keys to the kingdom, right? But they're not to lock anybody out or decide who gets in and who doesn't. You've been given the keys to to let those in who might come to Him. That we might that we might bring people into our Father's house and into His kingdom and into our family. Uh, That's why we've been given the keys. Uh, That's uh, that we might share the same grace that God freely gave us. And so, how many of you know that you're not better than anybody else? Not better than anybody else. You've only you've just got grace. You've just been forgiven. Uh, you and I have been chosen to be representatives of his scandalous grace and his reckless love right here in this community, right here in this place that we call home. Uh, that's here in this church, that's here in Klamath. Uh, Paul Paul is uh, talking about Jesus when he says he has torn the wall of hostility. He has torn down the wall of hostility. And what he's saying is, in those things that will separate you, Jews from Gentiles uh this is an ethnic dispute by the way um jesus is saying i'm tearing down the wall in my body none of you were able to keep the law right i kept it none of you were able to pay the the penalty for your own sin i paid it that's why the cross is mentioned because at the cross every nation every tribe every human being every man every woman every child is the same we are all in need of god's grace So when you're at the cross, how can you be oppressive? When you're you're at the cross, how can you not repent of racism and sexism and ageism and every other ism that we have? When you're at the cross and you're seeing crucified Jesus and his blood is washing over you and making you alive and making you clean and making you whole, how can we then not be reconciled to God through the cross of Jesus Christ and... How could we not then want to be reconciled to others? He then says, when I tore down this wall, when I tear down this wall, I did all this. What does he say? Because I wanted one new humanity. I wanted one new family. I didn't want sexes. I didn't want factions. I didn't want separate categories and all these labels that we have. And those people are the in people and those people are not. No, he wanted to tear down every wall that would divide, uh, that would divide us so that we would be one new humanity. And that's the big idea. That's the whole, that's the whole shebang. The Pentecost moment, this Pentecost moment uh, that we celebrated last weekend when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it was for me personally. But it wasn't just to stay with me. It was it it, it was it was for you personally. But then because I'm a part of his church. There are these other believers that don't look like me, that don't talk like me, uh, that don't come from where I come from. You should see the people I hang out with, and I'm sure you have the same story. You should see the people we hang out with. We don't have the same background. We don't have a lot of things in common. We don't have the same narrative. We don't have the same anything. And you know what makes us one? Jesus. That's what makes us one. We don't. We don't vote the same. We don't have the same ideas theologically. You know, we don't. We don't have all those. We have lots of different opinions. But Jesus makes us one. Uh, and often we we disagree on all these small things, right? Like I said, something with things we don't vote the same. Hello, uh, we don't. We don't. Uh, you know, often eat the same foods. We don't. We don't agree on everything. And those are the small things that we make major. The major thing is that we're both created in God's image and that there's this mutual respect and this mutual honor and that there's this lifting of each other up and, and, and all this and, uh, it's, it's a, and there's a love there that is supernatural that only comes from God himself. That's the major thing. The love of God being shared abroad in our hearts gives me the ability to love other people with the love of God. To love them like God does. The Bible says this in Galatians 3.26. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Listen, that's why we want everybody to come to church. That's why we want everyone to hear the gospel and everyone to know Jesus. So that we might all become a part of the same family. Because it's better to be in God's family than any other family on the earth. In the earth or on earth. Uh, We get to sit together at the same table as our father so in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith and in verse 27 it says for all you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves in Christ now uh oh here comes verse 28 here comes all the labels and all the walls that divide Uh, here comes all the distinctions 28 there is neither Jew nor Gentile neither slave nor free Nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We're all one. We're all one, and only God can do that. So, you know, I'm all about protesting, and I'm all about, you know, all this stuff. But it is never going to do what only God can do among us, and bringing us together, knitting our hearts together the way we were intended to be knit together, and the way we were intended to be one family. We've tried to do it, uh, and our best efforts have failed. Willpower fails us. Uh, we're just not enough. But the power of Pentecost through every believer, uh, as we see in Acts, Acts 2, makes it possible for us to be one in a way that no political system in the history of mankind has ever been able to do. Uh, it is only Jesus that brings enemies to the same table and makes enemies brothers and sisters only jesus can do that in him Uh, so what are we called to do i've had i've had lots of conversations in the last two months of people saying you know i just checking up on them and they say you know i'm just watching the news and i'm really getting i know i'm not supposed to but i'm really getting carried away with all this conspiracy theory stuff of this virus and i'm getting lost in all lives matter not just black lives and all this kind of stuff and right there's so many different opinions but at the end of the day What am I asked to do? What are you asked to do? What has God said that we are to do as believers? Ephesians 4, 2. Ready? Be completely humble and gentle. Watch. This is a different kind of power now. This is a different way of being. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Can I just read that again? With all this talk of reopening and political parties and George Floyd's death and the protests and demonstrations across our nation, listen to, what God, listen to what the word of God says for every believer. Be completely humble, be gentle, and be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there is only one body and one spirit, just as you were called to, one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father and, uh, of all, who is over all and through all and in all, one. So, we are, so what are we supposed to do as believers? line up in different factions, different political parties, different tribes, or protesters versus the patriots right on the street the other night, and oppose one another, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to look different. Um, Listen what he says. He says, I want you to stand guard and watch. I want you to keep unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That means in our church, if someone is is saying something contrary or one brother brings a report against another and and, and starts to you know accuse uh, of something we say no, sir, not here. Let's go talk to Ryan. Let's go talk to Susie. Let's go talk to this person. Let's go talk to that person. We're, we're going to stand and we're going to keep the peace. We're not going to let division or strife or gossip break out. We're going to Matthew 18, this puppy, and we are going to go right to that person and we're going to say, listen, we need to work this out. We're going to we're protect uh, our unity because our unity is precious. Our unity is precious because once you lose it, it's, it's really hard to get back because it's fragile, too. Uh, all it takes is a little something to stir things up, and, and, and it all breaks loose. Listen, I know everyone wants to come to church. I do, too. And you're going to get your opportunity next weekend. But the, I believe this has been so great because the thing about church, when you all come here, it's this, it's this spectator versus participation dynamic. And, and you're either watching Scott or I or the speaker or whatever. But now that we've been, we've been scattered and not gathered, people are watching you. They're watching you go for walks with your family. They're watching you engage in your community. We are the church, and that's the way I mean it. It is important for you to be the church wherever you are. Uh, Way more important than us gathering here now. I love it, and I love being together But I think this has been good for for the church uh, as a whole to begin to to uh, Think about what it is to be God's church in the earth and in our community We are the church one God one faith one heart one mind and anything that would bring division, anything that would bring strife, we've got to guard against it. Uh, why? Because we've been empowered to do that. We've been empowered by God, to, uh, and, and the power of God is available for us to stand, uh, so that we might stand guard and protect our unity. Did you notice the day of Pentecost was a multicultural outpouring? The same spirit resting on each one of them. Uh, they began, it says that they began to declare the glory of God in one another's language, in their in their tongue, in their heart language. And, and and they started hearing their own languages, and it was it was so cool. They started to hear it in their own language. It was evidence of what God wanted to do to unite humanity, to make them all one. And of, and of course the disciples are slow, right? Oh you've got to. All you've got to do is go uh, a little further uh, down the road uh, into the book of Acts and see that Peter is at Cornelius' house. And God comes to him and he says, hey, I want you to go to the Gentiles. And Peter goes, oh, no, not me. I'm a good old Jewish boy. But here's, you know what, here's what I'm learning. My ethnicity, my culture, my upbringing, and even my opinion are subservient to my king and his kingdom. And I'm learning something different every day of my life. Learning something. I'm I'm learning a different way every day of my life. Uh, You know what I saw in the protest last Sunday? Uh, Two different sides, right? You got your protesters over here, a group of people coming together with one voice, speaking out against, or uh, speaking out for those uh, who are being persecuted in our own time, Uh, declaring that Black Lives Matter, that something has to be done, right? That that we've got to do something, uh, that we've got to do better. And on the other side, we had, right, the patriots, those who, who were there to help keep order. And, uh, but, but you see these two different sides of the streets. And, and even the Patriot side, all about, all about the freedom of speech and protesting and all this kind of stuff. And, and standing in the gap for others and protecting, and, and protecting our city against, uh, you know, if any destructive behavior broke out and that sort of thing, which it didn't, Thankfully. But one guy said on Facebook, while Facebook-living the whole event, and I know many of you are watching because I was watching. My kids were in bed, and I was just, like, gripped to my phone. And then I saw a lot of you popping on, too. Um, and he says, he says uh, man, everybody, Klamath is divided. They're divided. But you know what I saw? As, as another person was panning around the whole thing, I saw a lot of friends. I saw a lot of people that I know in this community, I saw a lot, and I'm sure the same is true for you, I saw a lot of friends on both sides of the street and even a few cops in the middle, or police officers in the middle. Uh, I know them, I know them personally, and many of them I've talked to and I know their heart and I, and I know what they're all about. And so that's what I saw as, uh, as the camera was spinning around. What would it have looked like if I reached out to my friend who organized the Black Lives Matter protest that night. And, and, and he was a kid in our youth group 10 years ago, nine years ago. He played keyboard for the youth worship team. What if I reached out to him that night and I said, hey, man, what's going on? What's, what's the story? You know, all this kind of stuff. It's just crazy. Uh, but I, I, I kept up with his Facebook as, you know, leading up to his organization of this whole event and everything. And you know what I didn't see? Out of towners. I didn't see anything about Antifa. But how, how could that have all been avoided with just a simple conversation and saying, hey man, how you been? Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? And, but yet we have two factions on either side of the street that are getting stirred up because they believe, one side believes the other is up to no good because of a rumor. They heard, isn't that amazing what a rumor can do? What well, one little lie can stir up a whole city. And all of a sudden, everybody's downtown, and you got two sides of the street already with hostility uh, and and animosity towards one another because they don't understand each other's story. They don't have the whole side of the story. I get people in my office all the time telling me one side of their story, and by the time it's done, I go, I think that relationship's over. I think you need to get out of that relationship. They sound like an awful person. But now I've been doing it long enough, I, I know there's two sides to every story, and, and, and there's, there's, there's a, a, a common thing that binds us uh, also if we just listen for it, uh, but, but you know, somebody stirred up a little something, and next thing you know, like I said, everybody's downtown ready to protect our city, and I'm so thankful for that. But then you have two sides of the street and one side is thinking that the other's up to no good and the other is saying, these people are against our peaceful protest, what's, what's the deal? And, and like I said, do you see how it just gets stirred up? And the problem is, I believe, that nobody crossed the street. Nobody asked somebody else from the other side, hey, what's your story? Why are you out here? Why are you passionate about all this kind of stuff? Nobody actually actually listened with an open heart to the other person share their story and to admit, hey, you know what? That actually sounds a lot like my story and that actually sounds a lot uh, like the reason I'm out here tonight. We just come from different places. We just come from different stories and different narratives. Uh, what would it have looked like last, last Sunday? Well, how would the result have been different if I would have walked up to my buddy who organized it and I said, hey, would you come here just for a second? I want to introduce you to somebody. Hey, and, my, and I introduced him to my other buddy on the street, who's a Christian. They both love Jesus. And I said, hey, you know what? You two are brothers. Isn't that awesome? You both love Jesus. You're both a part of the same family. Oh, oh and by the way, he's, he organized this whole thing. Uh, and, and nobody's coming from out of town nobody's nobody's on their way nobody's whatever how would that have looked so different if we would have stopped for a moment and listened to each other's story but it happens all the time doesn't it it happens all the time one little thing comes in and stirs up people and I'll tell you right now it is my experience that that conflict often comes out of just a misunderstanding and I've been I've been a pastor for 11 years I see it all the time and so, uh, I, I think one little one little misunderstanding stirs people up, and, and conflict and um, and conflict starts. But but the Bible says we've got to keep the unity uh, in the spirit, uh, the bond of peace. And so it's just it's super important that we protect each other, even if the other person's wrong, for a moment and uh, uh, something happened the other day um and i i got so i got so worked up about it and i thought but i can't talk about it because i need to protect this person until i have a minute to find out why they did what they did i have to take a moment and a breath and say i'm going to keep the unity i'm going to protect this person and then we'll find out what's going on and then we can get to the bottom of all this super important it's what we're called to do in this moment if you're wondering what it is you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to be keeping the peace we're supposed to be protecting the bond of peace between your brothers and sisters in Christ. And many of you might ask, so what's, what about everybody else who was on the street that night in the protest who doesn't know Jesus? Well, that's your mission field. Those are the people we're supposed to be serving and loving and lifting up so that they might know a genuine love that Jesus gave us so freely and a grace that God gave us so freely that we might share that with them. Anyway. Um, often in life, like I said, it's, it's simply a misunderstanding that divides people. How are you using your influence, your power, and your privilege, and your connections to unite people and not stir up more conflict, but to bring peace? That's what we've been called to do. We're, we're to bring peace. As ambassadors of Christ. I'm going to go ahead and invite the worship team up. We're going to go ahead and close uh, with that song, The Blessing, one more time just to declare it as we go out. We want to be a blessing uh, in this church and in our community. Uh, You know what I think is so cool? That we as Christians can have so many different opinions, uh, that we can be passionate about wildly different things, that we can stand on the opposite sides of the street from one another and still, there's a love there that transcends everything else. Uh, because your position on the street is subservient to your position in the kingdom. And we have to remember that always. That's how two totally different people can share one heart and one mind and one faith in Christ. How many of you want to walk in the power of God like that? A power not over people, but a power for people, a love a, a transforming love for people that, 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 and you become an agent of reconciliation and it's supernatural and everyone's included and everyone gets to come to the table. You guys can start anytime you want. <laughs> Make me sound more spiritual. Um, how many of you want to walk in power like that? We want everybody to come to the table. Uh, I hope that's you this morning. Uh, let's pray before we go. Jesus, we need you. Would you restore that which the enemy has taken away? Lord, I commit myself to your, mes- your mission of reconciliation. Lord God, I love others because you first loved me. Use us, Lord God, to bring peace to our hurting and our broken world. Keep our hearts sensitive to your voice, Lord. Help us to stand guard and protect our unity. In Jesus' name. Before we, before we start this next song, um, if, you're, if you're listening this morning and you, uh, you're, you know you're not a part of God's family, but you wanna be, I wanna tell you the table's open this morning. Uh, it says in the word that for those who believe, for those who confess with their mouth and truly believe that Jesus is Lord, that he's your Lord, that, that, that he's made a way for you, that he's over all things that if you confess with your mouth you believe in your heart that that he is Lord and and that God raised him from the dead that you'll be saved that you'll spend eternity with him that you will be in this family that all are welcome this morning if that's you I'm telling you Jesus has made a way he paid the penalty for your sin he has done this beautiful exchange where he takes your sin and he gives you his righteousness where he gives you the opportunity to come into his family. And, uh, and this morning, if that's you, um, I would love for you on our, on our page right where you're at, you can, you can respond to the raising of a hand right there on that little option or whatever it is. Uh, or you could just write, I believe. Uh, give us the opportunity to reach out to you this morning uh, and, and welcome you to the family if you truly believe that this morning, that Jesus uh, was raised from the dead, that he, he took your sins in exchange uh, for your righteousness, and that you can lit, no longer have to live under the weight of sin this morning. Would you do that this morning? Would you just write, I believe, in the in the column there uh, and, and, and give us an opportunity to get back to you um, and reach out to you. Uh, next week, 9 a.m., join us in the outdoor amphitheater. Uh, we're coming back together. It's super exciting. we